the doulas. I am Alyssa Vendekloss, your host, and today we're talking to David Fisher again, who is a registered dietitian. So last time you were here, you mentioned you have two little boys. They're one and three. That's right. So as a dietitian, what do meals look like in your home? Like, are they even allowed to eat cereal? <laughs> like a box of cereal? So... I will add the caveat that I'm a very busy dietitian, okay. <laughs> and for that reason, okay. cereal does make an appearance okay. at times in our home, yes. So how do you, okay, I'm glad though, I'm glad. So you, this will be a realistic, you'll have, you have a realistic expectation of um, a busy parent with kids who you want them to eat healthy, but, you know, there's always a but, dot, dot, dot. Um, so how do we as parents, because I'm busy as well, and I do have, my daughter loves cereal. She would eat cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if I would let her. Um, but I try like 80% of the time. I have an 80-20 rule where like 80% of the time we try to be really, really, really good, knowing that there's going to be times where she's going to have a cupcake or at school something will come in. But how do you manage that? Yeah, I mean, I, your approach sounds appropriate. The most important thing for people to understand is that you control what you offer and when you offer it and the kid controls whether he or she eats it or not you have no control whether a child eats a food or doesn't you control whether it's presented to the kid or not so it's very important to start right away like when you are introducing foods to a kid like at six months yes to set the precedent that the family eats together most of the time, not every single day, mm -hmm. but almost every single day. And the kids get the food, the same food that mom and dad eats, and if they eat it, good. If they don't, they're gonna be hungry. Kids do not starve themselves, as long as you're offering appropriate foods. So you can't expect a two-year-old to eat a kale salad. That's unreasonable. But you, you can expect them to eat healthy foods. Now. The first time you say, oh, you don't want to eat that, what do you want to eat? Or how about this thing that's much yummier? That was a big mistake because that kid knows now that there's another option. Mm -hmm. And so if, you know, I take them over to grandma's house or something like that, they're going to know right away if that's something they can get away with there. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But at our house, we eat together and these are the foods we're eating. Feel free to eat them. And if you don't, that's okay. So with our three-year-old, he's a very good eater. But he will sometimes get up because he wants to go play or something. And if we, if we say, yeah, are you full? Yeah, I'm full, which he might not be. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, you can go. And he'll go play. And an hour or so later, I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. What a Story surprise. Story of my you know? life. Right? <laughs> so what we do is we pull out the plate of food, the exact same plate that he had before, and said, here's your food. And we've, I don't know that we've ever once offered some different food later at night. Because if we did that, then he would never eat his dinner and he would always eat the other thing later. And he... Almost always, he'll eat that dinner later. And I will remind him, you're hungry because you didn't eat earlier. You mm -hmm. know? And so um, I think we have, with that approach, with not offering something else, we've been pretty successful with that. What about with your one-year-old? What is he eating? So he's the same. Um, texture becomes important for them because mm -hmm. obviously I can't serve him a whole grape or something like mm -hmm. that. It would be dangerous for him. But, you know, he always ate with the family, even when he... Um, you know, before he was able to eat, he would probably sit up, sit up there with us. And then as he starts to eat really soft things, he'll be there with us. 
And at, at very first, when they're six months or seven months when they're first eating, you may not be able to serve them exactly what you're eating. Sometimes you can because you can puree it up or mm -hmm. you know, use a baby blender with the food that you're eating, which is a great way to do it. Other times we would, for us personally, we might use like some baby food jars or some pureed up food that we had made the weekend before or something like that. And he would sit at the table with us and we would kind of feed him and eat. And that slowly transitioned into him eating what the family's eating. But a, a toddler or a, a one-year-old appropriate version of it. So maybe the carrots that we had for him are pureed up. And then eventually he needs less and less modification and now maybe I just have to cut it up in little pieces or something like that and he can feed himself. So it, he's always been integrated into the family dinner um, and it's just, he's transitioning to just being able to eat like we, eat, like we are. What about food allergies? So we found out at around two that our daughter had some, not severe, but like, you know, she got really bad eczema and tummy aches and it was like the majors. Gluten, dairy, eggs, like it's really hard to find food foods for her that if I just make like a mound of meat and veg, she can eat meat and veggies basically. Um, but I feel like I was making two different meals, um, often. And then it got to the point where I was like, Oh, you can just have this, you know, you can just have the chicken nuggets or something, which I know were bad, but she couldn't eat what we were eating. Um, I don't know. What do you tell parents or even if the, the adult has a food allergy and they're the only one in the home how do you deal with that it can be difficult I think they I would try your best to get everyone eating the same foods when possible um, you can make it clear oh so-and-so can't have this food because she has a food allergy and just kids will understand that eventually at least mm -hmm. um, but I would try not to have separate meals for, for different people when possible. Um, and food allergies are kind of difficult though because it can be difficult to say, does this person have one and do, will they outgrow it? A lot of times they'll outgrow it. Hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, that happens too. I just, you just try to get them eating, get the family eating the same thing when possible. I probably need to do a better job of that. It sounds like you're, you're working hard at it. Trying. You know, give yourself credit. <laughs> Trying. So if you could give parents one piece of advice, besides, you know, um, eating together at the table, which I think is just good for family in right, general, right. Um, and then eating the same thing, is there any piece of advice, like, with nutrition? Like, what, do you, what are, in general, kids lacking right now, and what are, we, what are they missing out on? So I th the important thing with kids is just offering them healthy foods. And kids will typically choose to eat the amounts that they need over the course of you know a week or so. In any given day, they might eat a lot or a little, and that's okay. If they're offered healthy foods, they, sh they will eat what they should be eating. I don't worry about kids who are offered a variety of pretty healthy foods. If kids are started to be limited, and I see this with, with parents who are limiting them. Oh, he won't eat that. Well, he's never tried that, mm -hmm. right? So try not to be the one who's causing your child's limited diet, but um, encourage those healthy eating habits and the kid will be fine. If you start introducing a lot of processed and sugary foods and the kid starts to eat a lot of those, that's when I would start to worry about missing some nutrients. But outside of that scenario, I don't really worry about malnutrition in children in the United States. Good. 
So obviously it's best to get our nutrients from fresh, fresh veggies and fruits, but what about supplements? Um, you know, you give, the, I, I, and I know that these gummy vitamins for kids are just loaded with sugar too. And are, are they even getting the nutrients that they need? Um, do you have a recommendation or even just a thought on these supplemental vitamins for kids and even adults, I suppose? Yeah. So I don't, I'm not aware of research with children and vitamins. I would have to look into that topic. Um, from a theoretical point of view, I don't see why a child would need that if, you know, with the caveat of what I said previously, if they're eating, eating a relatively healthy diet, there's not any reason why a kid would need that. Okay. So I, I wouldn't choose to do that. If there was a, some circumstance where you were having trouble getting enough um, healthy food into a child or maybe a, a disease state like a cystic fibrosis or something where you have difficulty absorbing foods, then maybe we could talk about targeting nutri nutrition supplements, but I wouldn't head that direction outside of that, personally. So as long as your kid is eating pretty healthily, you probably don't need to try to force a vitamin down them too. <laughs> That's my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And in adults, we, we do have research that says that taking multivitamins don't really help your health. Okay. Um, but the interesting thing is that there's kind of confounding variables. So people who tend to take multivitamins are healthier than people who don't. Hmm. So what you want to be is the kind of person who takes multivitamin, but you don't need to take the multivitamin. Right. It's kind of like a placebo effect. <laughs> like we don't really need it because I take one every day, but yeah, I don't notice a difference in my health, but I'm already a pretty healthy person. Yeah, so. exactly. And it's not unreasonable to take one. It's just that we don't have data proving that it's helpful, and we have some pretty large-scale studies, okay. but it may be helpful for you to feel like you have your bases covered. Or even for someone to take one a couple times a week or something is not unreasonable. And I, it won't harm you, that's for sure. So is this, is this another market to just make money? Is this like this whole multivitamin thing just to, you know what I mean? It's another thing just to make us spend more money to make us feel like we're going to get healthier? Largely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but... Sometimes it can even be a distraction. And so I, I discussed before about eating food that's close to the way you come out of the earth. And that's where I start with every single person that, that I would talk to about nutrition. Because they'll come to me and say, I'm taking my folic acid, I'm taking my this, and I use my protein shake, and you know, I'm still not meeting my goals of you know, muscle gain or weight loss or whatever it is. And it's like, hold on, you're getting distracted. What's your food intake? Mm -hmm. what, how close is your food to how it comes from earth? If we answer that question, then we'll come back to this stuff. Don't get distracted. So That's interesting. It is a distraction. Because I know when I, my doctor would tell me I don't get enough protein, so I'm taking a protein shake. But why am I not eating more protein, right? <laughs> you know, as, as someone... The look. You could see the look he just gave me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... So I... I'm almost a physician assistant, so I will be prescribing things like this. And it is tempting for someone to say, well, take this targeted protein supplement mm -hmm. or vitamin or, or, or medicine, you know, but we can, we can address those problems a lot of times with food itself, but it takes a little more work on the part of the doctor and the patient too. Mm -hmm. Now, I do sometimes use protein supplements, just to be clear, there can be a time and space for some things like that. I don't okay. want to say that they're never useful, okay. but they're not the basis. I want to add one more thing, yeah. if I may, about involving kids yeah. in eating. Um, if you involve a kid in the process of food, you're much more likely to get their buy-in on eating a food. And so this can go as far back into the food process as you can get them involved. So 
I have a garden and I helped my son pick out some seeds that we were going to plant. So he was involved from the earliest possible step of picking which, you know, peas we were going to plant, helping us plant them. Then he sees them grow. He can pick them and either eat, usually he eats them while he's standing right there in the garden. But Mm -hmm. if you, then he's in the kitchen, maybe he can help us cook. And now that he's three, he's old enough to actually help a little bit. He's definitely going to eat that food when it comes to the table. Mm-hmm. He cuts the asparagus out of our garden. He will definitely eat it. Whereas if he just sits at the table and I just throw some asparagus on his plate, he might be like, what's that? You know, I'm not going to eat that. Right. But he's invested. So it's important to get that process started, get kids in the kitchen. In fact, I was at the farmer's market and they were giving out little kid knives. I don't know if you guys have seen these, but it's amazing. It's a knife that a kid can use to cut vegetables or anything. And it really works, but it won't cut them. And so now he loves to come in with me and help prepare dinner. That's a really good point. We had, um, I don't know if you know, um, Kitchen Stewardship, that website. Um, she's local, Katie. She talked about, get, she's all about getting kids cooking in the kitchen yeah. because when they cook their own meals, they're more likely to eat it. Yes. But I'm glad you mentioned the garden too because I did the same thing with my daughter. She mm-hmm. helped me plant the seeds, watch them grow. Yeah. And she'll literally pluck a carrot out and go rinse it off in the hose and just like Bugs Bunny just start (laughs) eating it and then I told her like beet greens we can eat those and I had lettuce so she'll walk up and be like mommy can I have a beet green and my friends will look at me like did she just ask if she could eat a beet green I'm like you girl you eat all the beet greens you want (laughs) you know like yes you go so it's true like if they if they're in it from the beginning of the process they are much more invested and they they, you know I grew these you know I grew these mommy they're mine yes so yeah definitely good point and conversely, you mentioned like having uh, sweets or something sometimes. We certainly have them sometimes too. And so they have their place and they're kind mm-hmm. of special. Sometimes we'll walk down to the ice cream shop and that. Mm-hmm. And he, we've discussed that it's not somewhere we go every day, but right. sometimes we do and we enjoy the heck out of it. And then maybe sometime in the future we'll go again. So those things are fine in their place. Right. Okay, I've got some thinking to do with um, how I get my daughter to eat some meals with me. But actually, some of the life feel ones she's been able to eat, like those pancakes, she loved. It was like gluten-free vegan pancakes, and then she loves meat, so she just devoured the meat too. So yeah, I probably need to order more specific ones like those that she will eat. Well, thanks for coming in again. It's been fun, and I don't know, Genevieve, will we have you back on sometime? Absolutely. Okay. You didn't talk on this one. Probably I'm just you guys hanging out in the background. She was here, <laughs> Genevieve from Life Fuel. Um, since you are here, why don't you tell us your website and how to find Life Fuel if they're interested in ordering? Yes. So the website is Life Fuel by Vault, like a bank vault, V A U L T dot com. So you can order meals weekly. We will deliver them to your house, and they are healthy and delicious. I can vouch for that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> thanks. Well, you can always find us at GoldCoastDoulas.com, Instagram, Facebook, and you can listen on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thanks.